never goes away. So it's something at present question. Can something all knowing and all present also be omnipotent? I'm asking. Such is the powerful presence of everyone here. The Common Thread Collective is all about the power of presence and togetherness and doing more together than any of us can do on our own. Right, Dave? And letting them roll right in. So, hey, folks, thanks for hanging in. We've been hanging out, and we'll be hanging around Tuesday at Adobe Bookstore, 5 o'clock. If everybody brings what they can, nobody will go without. Got that, folks? Come on through. It will be open mic, constant. It will be conversation, constant. It will be intelligent people just coming together to find one another. Hey, Val, thanks for all you do. Hey, James. Hey, 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 uh, hey, Blaine. So glad to have you in town. I have to go home and lie down. I'm not feeling too well, but we got through the show pretty well. Thank you. That's right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here uh, this evening and all the others. And thanks to Mutiny Radio. Thanks to our friends at Organic Valley uh, and uh, all of you out there for doing the good work that you do, for staying positive even in the dark darker moments um and helping each other and helping yourselves and and making sure that that peace is always on the agenda and that love is always there uh would would you say dave don't panic keep it together organic valley keep it organic all right i'll play a little music as we uh, get ourselves out of here here's a little couplet for you i like clean sheets but don't mind that mine are stained with ink peace we love you little more music from the Troublemakers Union. Thanks, everybody, for being here.
Thanks again, everybody, for coming down, for being a part of the Common Thread Collective, for being here, and for being present. Um, I also want to give big congratulations where podcast is done, but I'm still recording. So the, um, yeah, San Francisco, it's it's a changing uh, landscape here. Uh, we really have some new champions in place for um, a much more compassionate approach to what government, what the law, what law enforcement, what prosecutors, what defenders, what our, what our you know, so-called justice system can look like. We really have um, a, a fantastic opportunity to, to move things in a much more humane and compassionate direction. Um, I want to give a big congratulations to Mano Raju, who won with 100,000 or so votes to be the uh, public defender. Uh, he is an amazing attorney, um, has fantastic energy, uh, very positive uh, person, and uh, is going to be a great leader in the public defender's office. And uh, I'm proud to work with him and, and really honored to be part of that office uh, as their public information officer. I don't have a badge though, and that's fine. Uh, but also, um, so we've got Mano Raju, public defender. We've got Chase Boudin, district attorney. Um, we've got our mayor, London Breed. She is a hands-on mayor. For everything that people will complain about her, she every time I see her, she is chock full of energy and, and on top of things. So I give her a lot of credit. She's from San Francisco. She's doing her best, uh, in the best way she knows how. And she is, uh, and I believe an inspiration, um, to, to many. And so, um, I congratulate mayor breed as well, but I also want to acknowledge all of the other folks who have, you know, thrown their hat in the ring, really tried to, to be the public servants that, 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 you know, we need and we deserve in this city. Um, you know, it's a hard place to, to be, you know, political, um, because it's, it's almost too easy to get into it. But once you're into it, it seems, you know, kind of vicious, but at the same time, this is a small city and, and we have a lot of great minds and a lot of great energy from the people who are, you know, the leaders of it right now. Uh, Matt Haney, Supervisor Matt Haney from District 6 um, has been in the office uh, for a year, bringing so much um, very thoughtful uh, approaches to, to very complex problems and, and staying very level about everything and working together. Um, Hillary Ronan of District 9, you know, she is pushing all the time uh, to try to have more humane solutions. Uh, Mental Health SF is a huge new um, piece of legislation that will try, that, that has been uh, cultivated from the community from every organization or affected group that you can think of who has interacted with the health department for mental health care or substance treatment. All of these folks came together, the treatment on demand coalition, um, to really, uh, inform mental health SF, um, which, uh, we may be voting on next year in March, um, or it may become just a piece of legislation. It's a little bit to be determined at this point, but it's about closing the gap so that people are not falling through the cracks. People are not showing up for treatment 
and telling and being told that they have to come back a week later. Uh, and that's, you know, considered on demand because you've been given a, an appointment. Well, DPH not good enough um, anymore. So, uh, you know, some people show up and they're like, I want treatment. And they're like, come back in a week. And then they don't come back for three years or they go back out and they overdose on the streets. There's so many issues with the the capacity and the processing of, of allowing people to access help, um, whether they're asking for it or whether it's being recommended. Um, the San Francisco County Jail is the biggest uh, provider of mental health uh, in the city, which is an abomination. There's like a couple of, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, that just to give you an idea, um, you know, there's more jail beds um, than than long-term uh, treatment beds in San Francisco. So, you know, it's it's systemic. And there, there's a lot of motion and a lot of movement and a lot of ideas um, and action being put into, uh, put into play um, to really try to revitalize the way that the city works. Um, and I, I'm, I'm optimistic and I, and I really want to just encourage everybody to work together. I know that that seems, uh, some, some cases things seem very divisive, um, politically people, you know, get very, you know, strongly behind one person or one candidate or one idea or something, but we have to remember that we all live in the city together and, um, you know, I know compromise is a dirty word in politics sometimes, um, but but really what it's about is coming together and and communicating so that we understand each other better and we we can therefore put forward the m most you know useful uh, ideas and action plans. So I'm very hopeful and I'm very happy to be uh, here in San Francisco and serving the city. Thread. Find that common thread, and let's be the common thread collective. Eh, without... That's right, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Big oxen hard, fixing the road which I'll never use. Now we're going to the late night playlist, and I believe it's an episode of Women's Magazine. What do you know? I didn't plan that. That was just the universe. Or at least it was a late night playlist here at Mutiny Radio. Peace.
You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming live around the planet from the Mission District of San Francisco, right here in the corner of 21st and Florida. We are kicking off the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival running today, March And that was some music from Rastaria. And uh, this podcast of Women's Magazine that you're going to be listening to, I'm talking to Bernice uh, Ye of the Comedy Festival last year. But you can actually sign up on Mutiny Radio. FM and submit to be a part of the next Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So get on there and do it. We'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and catch you live uh, in the act. Um, but I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine. So we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Um, wow, yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely very, very intimidating because um, I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic, um, before um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up and it's like everybody, I mean, in, in Seattle, we're already very white. So everyone is a white dude. <laughs> and then so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science um, graduate school, you know, 10 years ago, you know, it, I was maybe one of the girls of the 40 students, but at least I know computer science. But, you know, for comedy, I am new, nobody knows me. Um, and then, you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely just being judged immediately. And then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself and then when I reach out to say hi it's just this very awkward interaction you just feel like okay I should go now <laughs> well I, I'm thinking that they, they they may just be naturally awkward a little bit and they're probably like who's that pretty lady you know like I don't know how to talk to her is she gonna be funnier than me oh my god my ego um so but you did it you jumped up and and did comedy stand up for the first time and uh, um, you actually sent me, I think you sent me the video of that and you were funny. Like people responded. You were like 
successful in your first go. Oh, thank you, thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work. The, the video you saw is that's um, you know um, November, so that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when when I had to open Microsoft. Oh, I just want to find a place to hide. Um, so it it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say, in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called um, Comedy Underground. I showed up. I have no idea how that mic works, and there's a bunch of dudes line up. But one lady, um, her name is uh, Chelsea Toll. If she ever listened to this, that's when we first met. And she's like, "Oh, I just moved here. Ladies got to watch out for each other." And she said, "Take this." She gave me two dollars because the, at the club, if you drop in two dollars a donation, you have a higher chance to get on the list. Oh wow! So okay. like, it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like, and it's like somebody should tell, "No, we, we got each other." And I feel like that really meant a lot to me. Um, and the same day, the open mic, I went up. Actually, I guess I was actually funny that day, even though that's my like first open mic. And then another lady, uh, her name is Aisha, and she reached out to me and said, hey, you're funny. You should come out to this open mic I am producing. Uh, it's called Comedy Nest. Um, it is a female-focused uh, uh, comedy open mic. You should come. So, you know, like I feel like there's people really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to uh, keep going, even though I was very intimate. That's excellent. And that's up in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. How cool. So you're also working uh, now. Now you've kind of even like taken this further um, with this group that you're working with called the syndrome. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the syndrome. How did you connect with them? And what are some of the different things that that this group does? Sure. I mean, guess how they found me. Ah, They found you at open mic. Ah, they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I, actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to. She also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They sh- they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down, and she just sneak a, a card and said, "Hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me." She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I emailed her back and a follow up, and then they were like, "Oh, we really like your stuff." Um, what if you know get on a call we see if you want to be a writer on our syndrome magazine and uh, that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the syndrome magazine I was like wow this is amazing because the, the magazine wasn't started in the US they actually started in Italy Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then like when they started, the, the vision is just like, you know, we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, t- talk about women's rights um, f- through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 reckon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And then the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they, they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow. And yeah. when, when was that? Uh, um, like, how long have they been around? Do you know? They have been, I have to look because like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. <laughs> no, no, <but>. no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area and she wants to bring that to to Seattle so that's how we um, started the US chapter yeah awesome yeah so if you guys are out there listening the syndrome mag.com or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram I'm sure so all, all over the place this multimedia social media world um, but that's really cool because I feel like when 
you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know address um, gender inequality um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can they can be very serious mm-hmm. it can be very emotional it can kind of turn people off you know they're like oh you know whatever people compl- you know women complaining again yep. you know but like to do it in a humoristic like a like in a funny way like kind of like cuts through some of that, like, Oh, we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on. Yeah. Cause you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed, right? Like I think how many times we, we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work, you are obligated to watch it. But then like in the end, you're just like, okay, I'd better not talk about this now. But on the contrary, um, I'm going to quote, uh, Sarah Silverman. Cause she mentioned, uh, she said, if it's mentionable, it is manageable mm. i think i found that just so inspiring it's like yeah if you want to manage you got to talk about it like you any issues the worst is you just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it and i think the humor opens that like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down oh, let's just be serious let's just hide to walk away from the topic yeah. So the, so the syndrome mag, which is an online magazine, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's also a group that's, it's, it's a nonprofit and you're b- basically part of a, a group of consultants, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like people who, who are affiliated with the syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out. This Have you is, been yeah. a part of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those videos and so we actually collaborate with the company to see you know to learn a little bit about their culture what people's you know minds is and then we write comedy sketch scenario sketch and then we hire um, professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching so, oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um i persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like, you know, I was like, I lived through that, right? Like yeah. I'm one of the women in tech. Um, so, you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men, you got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side and then you feel like, even for the woman, it's awkward. Three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom like, there's just two of you <laughs> and I say a line of men, you know, so there are some scenarios that everybody, they understand, but they like, I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state and you see how awkward for that person is. And, um, you know, we also, for example, at, in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off or then all of a sudden we have the woman to wear a different mask of like with a mustache and then like same voice to say, it just, you hear it very, very differently. Um, <laughs> that I love that. I think that's such a great way to to point stuff out. Because, mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video, and of course they make things in those like really obvious, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, usually, but the subtle things are what. It's like, I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and, and the things that people aren't even like, you know, paying attention to or aware of. They think, you know, they, they don't even think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny when you talk about the, the men's room and the ladies room. So my, my 
uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago now I was working for a catering company. So I was, mm-hmm. I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco and it was apples, um, like annual, uh, employee appreciation party. Right. So it's this big, like kind of outdoor park mm-hmm. down downtown. And, um, I mean, it was like thousands of men, thousands and thousands of men. And all of the drinks were free, Mm. right? It was just like, it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders and these guys would stand like, like 10 feet away and like, look at us and and so awkwardly. And we're like, come on, like, come on. It's okay. Like, come get a beer, you know? And, and. It was, it was kind of a lame party anyway, because like they wouldn't, they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to, like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore. Cause it was very socially awkward I saw three women that night out of like probably like 3000 men. Mm-hmm. And one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend, you know? <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night. There was a, another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time. And, uh, we went to the, to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men. Yes. And so we heckled them in line. We're like, now you know what it's like. <laughs> you get the treatment now. And then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go in. And we're like, what? what do you mean? And they're like, well, we had to let some men into the to the women's room we're like oh no 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 we're going in yeah like that doesn't happen the other way around that's right they don't open the men's room for the ladies who are waiting there so it was i know what you're talking about (laughs) you go girl (laughs) yes it's one time no you're not taking that away from us right (laughs) that's right i don't care if there's men in there we're going to the bathroom the ladies room you know and of course that was before they even like the whole like, you know, all gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play, but, uh, it was just, yeah, I know what you mean though. It's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So seeing that played <laughs> out, right. And it remind them like, let's look at this moment all together and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the, the magazine part. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, in, um, I started, what is my first, about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe, uh, I think it's just me being, a, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I kind of want to bring in, explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes, right? So I think there are things like I don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me. Um, I don't do that. But there's also, I think the stereotypes are there for a reason. I want people to look at something that's not so foreign because, hey, I came to this country. I don't know anything. Of course, I'm going to look very clueless. But if you go to China, you would be. Right? <laughs> so I kind of want to kind of break that, you know, share a different perspective. Um, The first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. (laughs) As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, And uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, 
I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like, I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like, most of the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm, but then it's not just me. Most of the, the natural, like, uh, native-born Chinese people hold the same way. So, there's, like, you know, times, like, I go to a restaurant with, like, 10 other Chinese people, and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know? But then, like, I, I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps and we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure out there's no way I can use it the, the, the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're a little. So they learn as adult as well. Because like China was so poor, you're just fighting, you're just grabbing food. <laughs> so those are the things, that, you know, it, I think that's my kind of my first piece, um, not to give everything. Right. Um, and then the second one is actually personal, uh, it matters a lot to me, is about like uh, uh, Asian eyes, small Asian eyes. And then I think um, if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know this Asians are obsessed with this double double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid? And I had to be like, what? Like, <laughs> just even the term, you know, but I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye. Right. right? The- yeah. Yeah. So we're very, very obsessed with that. And then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very, very popular. And then to a point, it's really like um, your parents were like, oh, you, if you want to find a job, you need that. You need that. So girls were almost expected, like, when you're done with high school, that's when you get it. Uh- <laughs> well, there's a lot of that in Southern California, too, like, like given, like, oh, congratulations, you graduated from high school. You get your you get your boob job. You get your nose job. And you're like, you're eight. This is an 18-year-old girl. Like, yeah. Why are you, like, totally transforming your body in some way that's, like, permanent? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And also, like, growing up, my entire family always like, oh, you're so smart, but your eyes are so small. <laughs> so, you know, they were nice. just <laughs> shaming, like, yeah. the small eye from the very early on. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I was just, like, always freaked out about that. I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes. So I figured, oh, what if I wear glasses? Because my mom was, oh, your eyes will might look a little better with glasses. So I came up with this idea. I said, oh, you know, I need to wear glasses. I'm going to pretend, or I am a good student, but I'm a good student. And I'm, of course, I'm nearsighted, right? So I told my... <laughs> the classic nerd kind of look, right? Right. Like... So I told my mom, I can't see, I cannot read the, the, the chalkboard. Like, you you have to take me to see a doctor. And then so at the, at the prescription, they do this, like, computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine and I said no 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 so like when they do the menu test I just pretend I can't see anything (laughs) I just add on add on I got the thickest prescription ever I got like a 400 right like is that next to 400 or 4.0 yeah 4.0 yeah yeah. 4.0 so like as a little kid I have perfect vision I was wearing this like glasses every day oh my god part of that that keenly applied deception right to, yeah. to make things work. Right. Yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so what what is your family 
think of this? Like, do they know how much, like, do they know about your comedy, your budding comedy career? Like, what do you tell them about your life now? <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in China. Um, it's Because, uh, you know, think about the topic and things we really talk about. Mm. Like, you don't you, you don't talk about stand-up comedy. Um, I think there's comedy sketches in, in China. So usually you have two characters. They talk about the kind of funny scenarios, but never is about issues, racy, edgy opinions that I think it's not about to evoke mm -hmm. thoughts. It's never about that. Um, but my mom, um, I think she she's proud. Like my parents are proud of me for doing this. Um, they don't really know exactly because I want to share a video with my parents. I can't even share that because um, if sending Google uh, video like okay. Google Photo, YouTube is all blocked in China. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cannot see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very difficult. Like you know, for stand-up comedy, they don't understand English, so I kind of send um, little clips through WeChat. That's very popular for ch their own messenger. Interesting. So they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing. They're oh, okay, they like her. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I'm but they cannot understand. Yeah. Right, right. Well, that sometimes that's okay, right? It's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. So you're really, you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. Um, I'm just, I'm so glad that you're here oh, and that we you. get to be, you know, here on the show today on women's magazine. Um, do you have any, uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand up comedy? Um, I, I will say like, I think, um, now like, Believe, believe in yourself. Um, like, cause a lot of times people told me like, um, oh yeah, no, you gotta pay your dues, and then you have at least you gotta suck for the first five or ten years, and don't even ask to be th this opportunity. But I think you know, just be bold, and, and um, you never know. Don't let what pre-exists to stop you. What you think you can do, um, because if I were to do that, I would not even apply. For mutiny radio festival but who is to say so i cannot be on it i have to first make the move and then let them decide so um that's definitely something i will say <laughs> awesome well bernice Yeh, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy and you're really funny and i know that people are going to come out to mutiny radio um for your show tonight at 10 which mm -hmm. is like the that is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the 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 headliner for the night, right? Woo! <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the f comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year. I just pick the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival and I wasn't even trying I was just like you just pick the funny people yeah and the word so, got out <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked that um people are willing to travel from 
all over the U.S. to come be here at Mutiny Radio, and that's really exciting to me. So, yay! Awesome. Well, I'm, such an honor. <laughs> yeah. oh, please. This is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So, uh, Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for for setting this up so that we could have this. Uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit uh, a little insight into into Bernice's uh, sense of humor sensibility and her her really inspirational stories so um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing Uh, it's a little (laughs) bit of a teaser so so Bernice gave me this this uh, refrigerator magnet Mm -hmm. and it's a it's 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 a pink bunny and it says sick pets make strong children (laughs) so you'll have to come and listen uh, come hang out at mutiny radio and listen to the live show um tonight uh, the all ladies show we're here at 2781 21st street here in san francisco 94110 if you need to know that as zip code um but we're at the corner of 21st in florida in the mission district come out there's going to be shows um throughout the week there's going to be five full days of um showcases various hilarious themes um each show is 10 bucks. Uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website, mutinyradio.fm. Uh, there's a, there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening. Um, Bernice, you're going to be tonight at 10. And then mm-hmm. what are your other, um, shows? Um, I have two shows on Sunday. So, um, 8 PM, um, dysfunctional family and 9 PM, um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, I have two podcasts. The one is on like every day about races, and, uh, and at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at five p.m., I have uh, one show. I will be in the show, uh, comedy show, um, dating a comic. Oh, fun! <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, we're wrapping up here, Women's Magazine. Um, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U.S. and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker because she does, in fact, rock. This song's called Pedal to the Metal. And I think it's going to play. <laughs> Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat.
Hey everybody, thanks for being tuned in to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host of Joke Workshop, Pam Benjamin. Hey, it's a Monday, it's 6 o'clock, it's time to get started. It's a Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yay! Yay! What are we... What kinds of crazy things do we do here at Joke Workshop? Uh, comedians do four-minute sets. There's four minutes of critique. The show is as good as the people in the audience because nobody wants to hear my comments the whole time. So I'm back here taking notes. I hope you guys all have a pencil and a paper and you're taking notes too because we're all here to help each other. It's community. Help each other with tags, whatever. Hey, if you're up on stage and you do your four minutes and people aren't saying stuff, it's your four minutes of critique. Lead us. Tell us. Ask us questions. What did, which punchline do you need help on? What do you want tags on? What are you doing with your life? Et cetera, et cetera. We, we, really, are, we really are here to help here at Joke Workshop. Uh, so, with that being said, your first comedian just recently had a killer show. Last week, he has a bunch of killer shows because SRGO Productions. I don't know if it's like Sergo or if it's Sergio. Anyways, uh, it's a great production company and they're doing really, really great stuff. Uh, before I even get to that, tell everybody, please, please, please remember to donate $2 to Mutiny Radio. It's how we keep the doors open. We really appreciate your $2. But your first comedian of the night, uh, what an amazing producer. It really was a stacked, stacked show. And um, I didn't know that he did drag until that night. And now I understand him so much better. Please put your hands together for your first comedian of the night, everybody. Sergio Navoa. For the, <laughs> for the record, Pam, I don't do drag. The fact that it was my birthday and there was a drag show, I thought I surprised everyone. And while the show was happening, I was transformed in the back. And I just transformed in the back room. And I just... You, I don't know if you saw, but yes. I saw it on the internet. You murdered on it. On the internet. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to start your time now. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Hi, you guys. My name is Sergio. Uh, straight men are gentrifying gay culture. Yeah, some of my gayest friends are straight men. <laughs> they asked me to go to straight bars with them and critique women's outfits. Uh, we only work out to impress the other men at the gym. And I can't go to brunch without running into my straight male friends. But there is one difference between us. Um, I don't manscape. <laughs> men are constantly coming out to me as straight. Um, I thought only gay people had to come out. What's, first there's Queer Eye, now they're coming out, what's next? They'll take over gay bars. And I say this because all my straight male friends are always saying, yo, let's go to a straight bar so I can pick up chicks. Bro, <clears throat> that's like a vegan going to a steakhouse for a salad. For a salad. <laughs> that's how it starts. Gay bars are the gateway to gay town. They go there for Cindy, but they go home with Sergio. <laughs> but straight men have the worst pickup lines. Ladies, you think you have it bad? Try being a gay man getting hit on by a straight man in a gay bar. I always get the, bro, if I were gay, I would totally have sex with you. <clears throat> and I'm like, bro, I am gay, and I would totally not have sex with you. I don't do by curious. To play with me, you gotta be able to take it like a man. <laughs> this one guy would not take no for an answer. He kept coming at me this way, he was coming at me this way. 
He didn't come on me. He just kept coming at me. Now, I love to travel. And if you've never been to Colombia, cancel whatever it is you're doing tomorrow and go. Colombians are some of the friendliest people. My first night there, I was offered Coke and coffee. <clears throat> I don't drink coffee. Yes, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, shit, I lost where I was. Oh, also, Colombians don't have cocktails. You basically get a bottle and shot glasses. The hangover is free with purchase. They have this drink called Aguardiente, which basically means bitter water. And the next day, I figured out why people, the expression uh, praying to the porcelain gods finally made sense to me. The perk, though, my, the next day, my stomach looked amazing. So I do recommend it. Uh, Disneyland is not the happiest place on earth. Puerto Vallarta is. If you've not been to Puerto Vallarta, cancel whatever it is you're doing tomorrow and go. Uh, well, it used to be, but Americans have ruined it. I think Mexico should build a wall. Um, just to keep us out, we're not sending our best. Now, I went to Tel Aviv to see Madonna in concert. In case you haven't figured it out, I'm gay. Um, if you have not been to Tel Aviv, cancel whatever it is you're doing tomorrow and go. Yeah. Now, if you have a UAE stamp on your passport, oh, you're looking for the, the, the horn thing. If you, if you have a UAE passport uh, stamp on your passport like I did, be ready to be poked, probed, and manhandled. Yes. Ladies, it's like writing bar during rush hour. Now, if you've never written bar during rush hour, cancel whatever it is you're doing tomorrow and get this taken care of. The LL Air, uh, TSA agents are very thorough with their um, <coughs> screening process. I thought I was at my doctor's for my annual checkup. The only thing that was missing was turn to your left and give me two good coughs. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> As you can see, fully memorized. That was, that was, and you finished perfectly at four minutes, Sergio. That was badass. I, that was four minutes? That was exactly four. You, you know did exactly four that? minutes. Two hours. Ah, God well, it. you did exactly four minutes, and that was, that was fucking killer. Fuck. Uh, I welcome any, and I do have some questions in case you guys don't take me there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, guys. go ahead. Go ahead, Marty. Do it. Uh, the, the recurring cancel your plans f line was fun. I definitely keep that. Uh, keep that Keep that in there and overuse it. Abuse it. Like, but get, you got to get progressively weirder with it. Like, when you did the right thing. Like, you went to BART and stuff okay. like saying a country. But go even weirder. Oh, like, okay. And maybe wait a little bit and bring it back at some point with something you could, like, really, like, ding it up on. Um, okay. The the Coke and coffee line, I think you still need a you need a little bit of a, a layer in between the uh, the bit where you said like you know they offered me uh, Coke and coffee and you said well and then you said you just said I don't drink coffee but it, it, it was something a little padding in between there because it was just kind of abrupt and I don't think people yeah. realize what you're not everyone necessarily realizes what you're saying okay um, I like the the prayer to the porcelain god it, it could be fun to expand on that and actually write a prayer. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Like, you know. In Spanish, in Spanish. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah, be like, that'd be virgin de Guadalupe, blah, 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 blah. Like wow. something very, yeah. Damn, that was really great Spanish. Mi virgin de Guadalupe. You said the, the, the bit about seeing Madonna in Tel Aviv and said, if you haven't figured out I'm gay, but you did a whole bit, your whole first minute and a half was about 
being gay oh, pretty seen. much. Oh, you know, uh, okay, I added I wasn't supposed to say. Oh, okay. If you haven't figured out that I would say I would say instead I would say and that's the gayest thing I've said so far. You've already talked about men oh. coming on you. Okay. So uh yeah, yeah. going to That's see all I got. Online. Okay. Thank you. That was lovely. Yeah, I I loved your coming out as the start, and I felt like you missed a lot of cum jokes. Like, if you're already there, like, I, you kept saying the word coming, and I was like, I was sort of waiting for a big, I was waiting for the big explosion of cum. Uh, I loved your vegan joke about the steakhouse. I thought that was very cute. And um, not selling our best give me more specs i don't know what that means i wrote something down that doesn't make any sense sorry about that i no i was laughing very hard at, at all your things this is all new stuff i enjoyed it cool i'm cleaning up my act as you can see <laughs> <laughs> so, in, so in, a, in a sense you're you're uh there was like two uh, acts yes that, right if you told them in reverse order and talked started with the tel aviv and madonna and cancel your plans then at the end, when you start talking about going to brunch and saying, if you've never gone to brunch, cancel your plans. I'm at a gay bars. If you've ever been to a gay bar, cancel your plans tomorrow. And then you can crowbar that, that like you said, abuse it. Like, put it in there, like, three more times. Oh, so reverse the order. Start with the travel. And then, yeah. that's when you can okay. break in, in case you haven't noticed I'm gay. And then you can, after the travel stuff. Yeah, you'll get a laugh on the reveal of you being gay, even though, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. You want to stick it in the backside of your set, if you can. Always. <laughs> Yeah. Easiest way to get there. Sergio, nice job, man. Um, I thought you touched on an insight that I wanted you to dive into more, which was the fact that like a lot of straight dudes, they like to imagine that if they were gay, they would get constant dick and ass. Yeah. Right. So it's totally true, by the way. Like a to yeah, totally true. <laughs> no, so I thought, and that's so false, you know, because I think there's a difference between the quotes: "If I were gay, all dudes would want to fuck me," and "If I were gay, only the gay guys who would want to fuck me would fuck me." It's a much different number. Oh, gotcha. I think there's something interesting there. I didn't write it the right way, but just okay. those two things. The thing that I had originally is I said straight men think that just because they're men that all gay boys want to fuck them. I'm like, not me. I don't want you to learn how to suck dick on my dick. Uh, That's taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. No, because no, I was like, I don't want you right. to learn to suck dick on me. No, it's not a training yeah. wheel. By the time it's you not get, a training that's wheel. What, and that's where that line, line came in where I say, by the time you get to me, you got to take it like a man. Right. Nice. But I like that's that. Good. Okay. Yeah. Can work that cool. Anything else at all? Oh, I just want to say how jealous I am because in two hours, you produced a high volume of punchlines of very degree. And that's a, that's, oh. that's a nice set. Oh, thank you. I mean, you should see all the shit that didn't get on. <laughs> you should see all those pages. Uh, one, one thing that I didn't get, I Find a microphone, friend. Oh, sorry. Here. I don't think the cord is that long. There you go. Uh, I, th I think I get the porcelain, like praying to the porcelain gods, but then I didn't understand like the whole like it made your stomach look great part. All that throwing up. The next day I had like a perfect oh, six pack, okay. but yeah, okay. He's clearly doesn't have has never had an eating disorder. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither have girls, I, for the record. All the girls got that joke. But that's good. Okay, good. Yes, we did, honey. Oh, uh, so, snap. Oh. I really uh, thoroughly enjoyed the take it like a man as a topper right mm -hmm. there. I don't know if you're a bottom or a top, but that's a good topper. like to put at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> but I was a little bi-curious about why you were not into the bi-curious guys. You explained it, but I think that you give like a really good three-part lister joke in there leading up to, you know, when you get to me, you have to be able to take it like a man. Oh, so and with that, right maybe for some other stuff in between. Build a little thing in there. Maybe I could do the whole thing. I don't want you to learn to suck dick on mine. Yeah. And no, maybe the training funny. wheel dick, something training like that. Training wheel yeah. dick. Okay. This is not a training wheel dick. This is a BJ, not I the I won't be your guinea pig dick. Yeah. yeah. 
clap wildly, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. Sir, everybody look up on Instagram, uh, SRGO Productions. He does multiple shows every week. He has really great shows. You should check him out. You should listen to My Limited View here on Tuesdays from noon to 2 on Mutiny Radio. Your next comedian, what a joy he is. Uh, he runs F-Bomb Comedy Train, which is coming up on April 26th. Get your tickets now. It is so much fucking fun. It's a train, and you get on, and you drink, and then there's comedians. And uh, he's, he's a great comedian in his own right. He's going to be hosting during the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Put your hands together for Marty Cunny. Oh, what do we got, guys? Uh, I'm not very good with dating apps. I, uh, I find that women on there are very dishonest. You know, they never really say what they really want. Like, what does every girl say, right? They say they like books, but you show up with your copy of Dianetics and they get freaked out. They're like, is, <laughs> is this another audit? How did you catch me this time? Uh, they say they like wine, you show up with your bag of Franzia, they look at you like you're some kind of asshole, you know? You know how long it takes to chill a bag of wine? 45 minutes. I've tried several times. It's, uh, it's an important skill to have. Uh, they say, you know, every girl says they like adventure, but you show up in your wizard's robe and they look at you like you're some kind of weirdo. Like, come on, I thought we were going to go kill some orcs. Like, this is a match made in heaven. They say they want chemistry and they get freaked out when you take them to your meth lab, you know? It's... <laughs> It's just say what you really want, okay? Be specific, because honestly, I could take that all very differently. Um, San Francisco is a very king positive city, which I think is great, because uh, I consider myself a king positive person as well. Like, it's crazy. Like, I was uh, down at like Bart the other day, I saw an ad for like a king party. I was like, damn, this is a crazy public place to have like an ad for this, but that's still San Francisco, right? And I was kind of drunk, and in my drunkenness, I was just like pointed. I was like, hell yeah. And this woman next to me just kind of looked over me, like shaking her head, like, what is wrong with you? I was like, listen, lady, this is San Francisco. You got to get with the times. And then I looked at the ad again, and it was not an ad for a king party. It was an ad for a nonprofit uh, supporting the victims of human trafficking. Uh, <laughs> And all I saw was two wrists bound together and just immediately assumed from there. And I had kind of a freak out moment. At first I was like, no lady, it's, uh, I, I thought it was for fucking. And she didn't think that was any better. Uh, that was really misleading. The, uh, the, the ad was really misleading. It was just like two wrists bound together. That could go either way, you know? Like I can't tell if those are like sexy knots or if like there's DNA under those fingernails, you know? Like I don't know which way that's, that ad's going. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I had a recent stint with unemployment, which was cool. I tried to keep my mind fresh, read a lot of articles. I read an article, uh, apparently Boston University did a study, and they found that men who ejaculate uh, once or twice or four times a week uh, reduce their risk of prostate cancer by about 30%, which is great. Um, so after this recent stint with unemployment, I'm proud to announce that I've come about this close to curing prostate cancer. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I'm putting in the long, hard, messy research hours so you guys don't have to. Uh, I do think I probably masturbate too much. Like, I, and the way that you can tell, I think, when you masturbate, I think you, the way that you can tell masturbate too much is the time it takes to go from ejaculating to just going back onto like social media, uh, like whatever that amount of time is like, that's there, there's, there's like some measure there that like approaches zero, like a fucking, a, a parabola curve or whatever. It's almost like 
like listening to like figure out how far away like lightning is like 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 timing the between the thunder and the lightning like the shorter that gap gets the more you are uh an actual degenerate um speaking of kinks um you know it's 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 feels like i'm almost obligated as comedian to talk about ass eating at this point it's just like everybody talks about it now it's such like it's like such a zeitgeist uh of ass eating i don't understand it's everywhere it I don't, again, I don't have a problem with spit shining the old wagon wheel. That's not the issue. The other thing is it's, it's a twofold issue is one, uh, every time I talk to somebody and they mention ass eating and they're like super into it. And then if I go to their house, first thing I look for a bidet, guess what? No one ever fucking has one. Okay. That is disgusting. Don't talk to me about ass eating if you don't have the proper equipment. Okay. Don't ask me to eat it off the floor if you don't own a mop, huh? How about that? Let's let's think about that. Uh, number two, uh, I don't think it's not a new thing. It's just now that's the thing that everybody talks about. Like ass eating, you should have always been eating ass. That's not a new thing. But now it's like I don't want to sound like some kind of analingus hipster. Like oh, we always used to do it, you know? Uh, ton punch of the old, old fart box. That's what my dad used to call it, you know, tossing the salad. That's what the that's what they did when they came home from the war. Like that's I don't want to be that guy, you know. Uh, last one, little bit, guys. Uh, actually, I think I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, guys. What are you going? Don't say that's your job, motherfucker. Marty Cunny, everyone, uh, espousing the beauties of eating ass. I love it. Let's get back to Roman times. That was my clean set. Thanks, that was guys. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yay, Marty Cunny. I would, uh, I would um, make some reference to Roman time when you start talking about eating ass. Like, just throw a little history back to, like, there's, there has been eating ass since, like, the yeah. beginning of time. At least, at least written word time or pictograph time. I mean, yeah. go back to the, uh, I don't know, Egyptians. They ate ass, too. There's a whole, you know, cave dwellings about it. Yeah. Well, there's, really like, fun, like uh, people at Pompeii were found, like, with their face in between right, each other's ass cheeks. Enshrined forever. Something you, like you would have that. to act that out. If you could act that out, that'd be fun. <laughs> if like, what would a hieroglyphic look like if someone was eating that ass? Would be oh, it's like an Egyptian hieroglyphic with, like, ones like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good that idea. That would be fun. I like that. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Live action. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the meth lab uh, thing was good. I just wanted you to get to it quicker. You had a lot of examples before that. Yeah, I'm trying to toy them out with those examples of which yeah. ones. Uh, I think I'll probably drop the wine one because that one always gets the least reaction. It was a little weak. Yeah, yeah, a little flat. Wizard costume, I think it could be worded better. Uh, yeah, I said it weird. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, and then I think the wristbound together thing is funny. The again, the human trafficking mixed up with the kink. Yeah. Add, I think you forgot to mention the like the wrists were tied together. Maybe you did that on purpose in the upfront because when you hit the punchline, like, oh, I thought it was human trafficking. Everyone was dumped. Like, if yeah, it, but the, you I'm, meant to do it. Yeah, know. no, no. It's just like I, I've been trying to like. It was a lot of words leading up to it, anyways, yeah. and. I'm still, that's a very new one, so I'm still trying to figure out how to say it. So, yeah, that's, I, d I do need to mention, like, the wrist being bowed thing. Okay. Because, like, that could easily be an ad for the Folsom Street Fair. That's, like, that is what I thought <laughs> at first. Like, that's a funny punchline, too. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I, la I think I was the only one who laughed at the line because even though I didn't know about the, the wrists being tied, I just thought it was so absurd and ridiculous that you're, like, talking, taking us down this road that, oh, yeah, it's a kink ad. And, no, it just turned out to be a human trafficking ad. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? And it turns out I'm an idiot. But I'm a yeah. sick fuck, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, on the grounds of masturbation, because I think everyone was wondering about it, I think 
the concept of like what do you do right after is really funny like exploring like how fast do you go back to social media and you could probably explore more like okay like normally you go to this but if you go in like in 15 minutes or whatever then oh yeah set up like different stages like here's where you are in yeah or maybe that's a good idea yeah and i think you're still trying to find like what exactly you are like i think you ended up in like sick degenerate but it sounded like there could have been a laugh there like once you concluded that thought yeah that's a very new thought so that's that's a good one i like that thank you which social you don't use vine does vine still exist If Not you really. can finish in six seconds, yeah. yeah. Hey. There's a there you go, yeah. I, I, I'm really stupid. I'm so sorry. What party was it? Other than the domestic party? Uh, also cheap. No, no. Oh. You said cake party? Cake party? What? Cake. Kink. Kink. Yeah, Shit, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't hear the word. Oh, that I mispronounced? That I, not, I, I kind of mumble it? <laughs> even when, yeah. yeah. Even when you said it, I didn't hear it. Okay, number one. And number two, I thought maybe you cured prostate cancer for the next five lives, or perhaps you cured <laughs> your great, 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 grandkids' prostate cancer. Yeah. If you're, if you're going into it. And I, I cured I, my I, mom's I, prostate cancer. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lady. Uh, perhaps the greatest generation. <laughs> Uh, also, eight ass, you know, the World War II veterans and et cetera. So, anyway, yeah. Example. Nice set, man. Thank you. Uh, I was going to say the one thing is when you said uh, King Party you would, or King Positive, you had just gone into like your uh, wizard costume. If maybe your costume was something more like a, like a chainmail type costume, you can play with the, the kink in the chainmail and have that be something you tag with. Uh, kink in the chainmail. Okay. That's yeah. a thought. Kink yeah. in the chain. Um, the Damn. whole kink thing, you said something about I'm not going to eat off the floor unless you have a mop. Yeah. Bring the kink back into it. So you, there seems to be. Unless, like, like that's umbrella. my thing. I'm yeah. not trying to shame anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you might be able to play with the kink a little bit more, like spread it out. <laughs> yeah. ah! And then the whole thing about it coming, I, just, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, what if you like came enough to solve a few of your generations? So, yeah. Cool. That's good. That's fine. Cool. I wanted to disagree with whoever said that uh, the meth bit took too long. I feel like your meth jokes are really up to speed. Hey. <laughs> I love, love you. Hey. Of course. No, but I also, I really think that there's a ton of potential with uh, that whole concept of how back do you, or how quickly do you get back to social media? After yeah, that's, finishing. I haven't really thought that one through. That was just me tossing that out. So if anybody but has anything on that. That was great. I was thinking you could do maybe a back to the future comparison and have like a space come continuum. <laughs> talk about like the fuck capacitor. Like you have so many things that you could pull from. Yeah. And how you can just go back. 88, 88 strokes a minute or something. Yeah. I, like that, yeah. I recently learned that you don't have to Instagram in the moment. You can wait till later. Can, yeah. Like you can take the picture in the moment and you can post it later. I learned that. That's so awesome, maybe that's I'm glad you're about, learning. I'm, I don't understand Instagram, but you can take a picture in the moment and post it later or something. I don't understand. Everybody yeah. clap wildly for Marty Cunning. Thank you. I'm really excited about your next comedian. He is also part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. He hates millennials, and I agree with him. I know those poor snowflakes, they just melt in the rain. Put your hands together for Matthew Quirk. Go sideways and the fast and the live is with ghost ride the shit. What the f- I know what you guys are thinking. What, what chance does this guy have with prostate cancer, right? Zero percent chance. That's what I got. Uh, anyway, I got to take a little umbrage with the ass-eating thing. It is a, a, a new thing, I think, a resurgent thing. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, we became, we went from living in, like, huts to, to being a civilization when we separated ass from eating. That was how, it was a key point in human evolution, actually. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, I hate you, millennials. Uh, and uh, I got to come up with, uh, I'm on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival hosting the millennials versus Gen X. So I got I to gotta come up with new millennial shit. Thankfully, you guys are givers, right? I mean, this Jesse Smollett guy. I mean, what the hell? Uh, I got to tell you guys, what a fucking millennial crime. I mean, they caught him through Uber and, and text, and he had a Subway $5 foot long when he was, like, discovered by a regular. He was eating a Subway sandwich with the noose still around his neck. I mean, it's like cross-promoting cross or something you guys are doing. And uh, anyway... Uh, I got to tell you, if uh, I was committing this crime, if I was falsifying this crime, if I was staging this scene, I would have cast myself as the hero, not the victim. That's peak millennial bullshit, guys. The highest thing you guys attribute yourself to is being a fucking victim. It's like this through the looking glass cuckold moment of your generation, just full wimpage. Anyway, uh, I like to be very newsworthy as well. I don't know if you guys heard, but we're like going to war with Venezuela. Yeah, so they're gonna start amassing troops in Colombia. So as a public service announcement, I'm reminding everyone that cocaine is gonna get really expensive real soon. <laughs> and you might wanna stock up. Uh, anyway, uh, also keeping, uh, you guys know who William Harper is? He's the scientist that uh, Trump has appointed to the climate change. And uh, he said that CO2 is misunderstood, uh, much like the Nazis misunderstood the Jews. <laughs> and uh, I, I know he was trying for a backhanded compliment. Uh, but... I don't know if you want to mix up Nazi Jew gases. I think avoid trains while you're at it. And uh, forget about how he was wrong. So uh, I don't know if you guys know I live in a van. And uh, let me van explain something that just happened to me. Uh, I got in an accident, guys. I accidentally backed my house into someone else's, I don't know, summer home or something. I don't know how you people live. And uh, I was also reminded of, uh, I did TS, I went to visit my family in New Jersey and I was coming back, TSA like pulled me aside. Apparently I screened for uh, volatile chemicals, like somehow chemicals around me. And they're like, have you been anywhere that has like chemicals? And I'm like, dude, I'm in New Jersey. Thought you guys would screen for that. Anyway, they pulled me aside to give me a TSA pat down. And it was these two old crusty guys and they put their blue gloves on. And where they're going to hit your danger zones, they tell you, I'm just going to put my backhand against you. And uh, I realized that's just a backhand job. That's all that is. And uh, after the whole experience, I got to tell you guys, I wasn't that traumatized. I think I'm ready for gay stuff. I think I'm ready. All right. That's it. He's ready for gay stuff <laughs> in his van down by the river. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> sign up now. I I love everything you do. Go ahead, Matthew Quirk. I mean, Marty Cunny. Uh, 
I like your your direction with the Jesse Smollett thing is good. I like where you're going with that. I just feel like you're. I don't know what it is. You could use more, like the whole hero bit, like casting themselves as victims is maybe like draw up another comparison there or something like that. I don't know. Well, I've already heard someone say that this is what happens when you let uh, actors write a scene. <laughs> but I, that's not mine, so I can't. Yeah. But that's on my thought, but I sort of like heard someone else say it already. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, so don't use that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks for letting. <laughs> Thanks so for letting I, us I, know. I, I have to go a different direction. Yeah, but you're going the right direction. Like you're, you're that's your whole shtick is you know fuck millennials, and that's like a great great one to go with. Uh, so keep going with that one. I like it. Uh, and then the fucking uh, yeah that that line that the fucking guy gave about the Jews and the greenhouse gases is unfucking believable, yeah. which is so funny. <laughs> I think just be clear when you be clear like be really clear and concise when you explain it. And then just move on to whatever you're doing. But because you just kind of say, like, maybe we shouldn't associate these two things. But like, I don't I don't know. I feel like you could have like made that clearer. It's like, so let me get let me explain this to you guys. He's saying that the Jews are like a greenhouse gas or something like that. Like uh, spell it like but slowly and like just be like, this is so fucking ridiculous. Right. And uh, this is probably something you won't use. But uh <laughs> This is gold. Do you think he was just trying to point out, find another way to blame the Jews for ruining the atmosphere or something like that? Because <laughs> technically they, they became a greenhouse gas. They control the weather now. <laughs> yeah. That's how they controlled the weather. It was all part of the plan. Yeah. Something like that. That's probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed your set. Vance planning gets me every single time. Um, so when you were talking about hosting the Gen X versus Millennials, I really wanted to get some good comparisons there. And I was thinking like, um, God was one of us versus hashtag God is with us or like, um, Lindsey Graham versus Instagram or like some kind of intergenerational thing. I love your set. Actually, the only, my only ask was, Vance Planning is hilarious as a concept. I want to know, like, five other things you're going to Vance Plain to me. Because just one is good. Like, if you have, like, two or three that you back onto that, like, I feel like you'll get the room roaring. I've got a few more for the, yeah. I thought the heroes and not victims bit, it would be really cool if you explored. Like, maybe taking an event that did happen, like, in the 80s or something like that, where it's like, that was cool to be that guy and not, Jesse, I think that'd be cool. Like evil Knievel. He's pretty cool. He he beat a guy with a bat for. Evil Knievel could probably beat like Gravedigger in a fight. Um, I was just thinking like with the whole subway bit, you could just make that part of the millennial crime thing. Just like, of course, of course, you guys would also try to profit over something you tried to create yourself, or I don't know, something like that. Like, of I don't know, I don't know. product. I just, <laughs> I was like some shit. This is I good say feedback. Something. Thank I you. loved your bit at OMG yesterday, too. That's fun. Charlie Spink, right. you're close to the... Charlie Spink is close to the mic. He has puns for you. This is how Charlie gets his work in. What a letdown. I didn't have anything funny to say. <laughs> uh, I was just going to mention, I really like the set. Uh, I think as far as the comparisons for who millennials choose to emulate and choosing to be a victim, I think you could use the story of the three little pigs that nobody wants to be the first two pigs. You're going to be the fucking wolf or the last pig. Uh, just something really relatable, but no, I loved everything you did. I have, uh, I would not make any of it better by throwing my puns at you. Yeah. Wow. Clap wildly for Matthew Quirk. Yay. Yay.
quirk. All right. Uh, hey, everybody, thanks for donating $2 because it really does keep the doors open because it's so scary here with the rent. It's so scary. Your next comedian, he's not scary. He's super funny. Put your hands together for Zoha Varani. Let the cable cause a double loss. We lace the gauze. So I know what you guys are thinking when you look at me. Yep, I look like Brown Seinfeld. <laughs> Have you heard about brunch? It's genius. You charge people $15 for an avocado and a toast. <laughs> I fucking hate that joke because I hate Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, at least I don't look like Brown Costanza. My dad does. Uh, I also want to make a public service announcement to everyone. Stop, if, if you meet a comedian, Stop asking them this one stupid fucking question. Have you watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> That's like asking a doctor, have you watched Grey's Anatomy? It's so fucking stupid. I hate that question. Um, okay, apart from that, well, the one thing to know about me is that I'm too nice, which is why I never like get mad at people when they ask me that question. Uh, I'm so nice that I was on the bus the other day and I just saw this perfectly young white dude and I was like, yo, you can have my seat. Uh, I'm so nice that if I had a hypothetical girlfriend and a hypothetical best friend, uh, if they slept together, hypothetically, I would apologize to him for cock blocking for so long. Uh, I'm so nice that if you drug me and try to take my kidney, I'd wake up in the middle and be like, the other one, it's better. Uh, there's a term that I think we have been, we used to use, at least in my childhood, we used a lot and it had a lot of credibility and it's lost all of its credibility. Now that term is Trump card. <laughs> it might be better if we said something like Putin card now, cause that carries a lot more weight. Like when you put a trump card down now, it's like, hey guys, I'm the biggest and best card that there ever was in this game that you've ever played of all time, of all games, in this hand of rummy. We're going to win the biggest hand ever. And in your mind, you're like, shut the fuck up, four of diamonds. Nobody cares. I do think, however, that we should re rename trump card into something else. And I think there's a, a term that we can all agree would be perfectly acceptable. Beyonce card. Yeah, because if we called it Yance card, she'd all be, the card would drop and be like, Yance all up in your ass like, uh. <laughs> and you'd be like, all right, Ace of Spades, I see you. I see you. Um, I, uh, I've had a sty for a while. Uh, I've had this sty for, uh, you know, quite some time. And it's gross. Styes are like pimples on your eyelid, but they keep coming back. So they're actually more like herpes for your eyelid. Uh, and I want to be clear, I don't have herpes. I definitely don't have herpes. Um, my eye has eye herpes. Um, anyway, so to get rid of your style, you're supposed to use warm compresses on your eyelid. And then I also read that you're supposed to use tea. So for the last three weeks, I've just been teabagging myself over and over again. Uh, and uh, so being the good Indian boy that I am, I decided to experiment. And so I went with oolong, chai, and Earl Grey. <laughs> And I can confidently report back that black teabagging is still the best. Uh, I'll leave you all on this last thought. Uh, I broke up with my girlfriend recently. No, actually, it's, I lied. She broke up with me. Um, 
but there's that point where you have to send each other back your stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a nice person. So I put it all in a box and I wrote her a note and it just said, have a nice life. And my roommate looked at me and she was like, yo, that's a passive aggressive way of saying, fuck you. And I was like, damn, you're right. I can do better. I'm better than that. So I rewrote the note and sent it to her. And when she opened it up, it said, fuck you, have a nice life. Because that's what she deserved. All right, that's it. Thanks, y'all. Something more like I would do. Now, now you know so, uh, Peroni, yay! Yeah, fuck that bitch. Yay! Yeah. I accidentally say have a nice life to people all the time, and I don't mean it passive-aggressively. I'm actually trying to be nice. Like, I'm never going to see you again. Have a nice life. Go ahead. <laughs> so I didn't have a problem with that. I, I, I enjoy you very much, uh, the Brown Seinfeld. <laughs> other, other comments? Yay! Yeah, uh, Beyonce should be uh, Queen of Diamonds. Whatever, whatever she should be, she should not be a spade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unless you want to double down on it and make her the Queen of Spades. Queen, queen? queen of something. And yeah. Diamonds. Yeah. Or like Queen of Hearts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's diamonds. better. Thanks. Queen of our hearts. <laughs> That's better. Vengeance the spade. That's way better. Why yeah. not? <laughs> uh, it, are you Indian? Uh, I'm Pakistani, actually. But, yeah. Uh, so what's the deal with? You're the, the the Seinfeld impression should be like, what's the deal with bubble ball food? Like yeah, yeah, Indian food, Pakistani food, or oh, okay, okay. And then I'm just say like, and then just shit all over Indians. You're like, because I'm Pakistani. It's oh like, yeah. Right. Okay. What's what's the deal with samosas? Those Punjabi samosas have no meat in them. Fuck yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> love yeah, it. love it. Something like that. Like. Uh, P- yeah. Punjabi ones are the ones with the potato and the peas, and then yeah. um, Pakistani ones have like lamb in them because they like meat, yeah. which is awesome. That's spot on. Nice. Yeah, I like. I love your food, bro. Culture, nice. baby. That's what we got here at Mutiny, in spades. Uh, <laughs> uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel thing. That's a good start, but it doesn't. It's more. Of, that's more of an explanation than it is a joke. Uh, that's more of a. You're gonna get like a rise out of comics, but they'll be like, yeah, but it's not gonna. I don't know how much like. You need to add something onto the end of it. Uh, maybe more like a more ridiculous comparison. Okay. I don't know exactly yeah, yeah. what it would be, but like, just think through that one a little bit more. Because right now it's just an explanation. Okay. There's not much of a punchline there. It's just like, it's just like, it's just like this. They're like, oh, okay, got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Go yeah. back to the food. Fuck their gavilta fish. Where are their samosas? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. The Jews ain't got no samosa. No, <laughs> we both know when we started no talking about Jews, but all right, uh, I'm done. She's marvelous as Maisel is a Jew. She is. Yeah. To uh, piggyback on Marty's thing, I, I wanted like a, yeah, maybe a better example, or I don't know if it's a joke yet. After that, I was trying to think of like, oh, do you have friends? You should watch Entourage, or uh, even a better one. I thought was, do you like soup? You should watch Seinfeld, and then somehow try to bring it back to that. Okay. Oh. Like soup that. Nazis. Oh. Mm. That it. Right. Charlie Spink, anything? You've got your special thing up there. I always have my special thing up here. So uh, I saw everybody else laughed at the Seinfeld intro. I really gives a, think it gives a bad message that all comics look alike. <laughs> uh, but I loved the trump card bit. Perfectly put together. I would maybe mention that the size of the trump cards are just physically smaller because they'll make your hands look huge. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks. And as far as the eye sty goes, which... I mean, I spy with my little eye, I sty. There's something you could do phonetically with that that would be golden. But you could also mention how it's not herpes, but maybe I got it from eye-fucking people. You could just talk about needing to wear protection when you're eye-fucking people. 
Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a fun little add-on. But great stuff. Thank Very you. well put together. Actually, maybe think of the Trump card. It should maybe be the Suicide King because you can also see its tiny, tiny hand. Like there's a oh, okay. cards. There's a king with the sword. That's a deep cut. That's yeah. Haha, <laughs> deep, deep cut. cut. I'm trying wow. to devalue the Trump card. That's <laughs> a, a yeah. Thanks. Clap Thanks, loudly, everybody, for Zohab Varani. Or a scomus with mice, eating lobster, shark, come on the go. Always doing shows on the road. Moving right along. We're doing a great job. Everybody's paying attention. That's what's supposed to happen. Your next comedian, also part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting 23 and meh. Put your hands together, everybody, right now for Dan Aguinaga. Down on Market Street, and they all net. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Pam, for booking me on that, even though I am 33. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, true story, guys. I got married two weeks ago. Yeah, she's a bit of a slut, or used to be, really. Yeah, and when I say slut, I don't mean it in, like, uh, like the bad, insulting way. I just mean it that, you know, she fucked a bunch of guys in her 20s. Which I feel like that's, it's so silly. That's what constitutes what being a slut is these days. And I just never understood that. I feel like that term was created by like some ugly dude who never got laid in his 20s. And uh, it's strange because that's exactly what you should do in your 20s. Just fuck a lot. Fuck as much as you can. Safely, of course. That way, in your 30s, you can make a mature, responsible, and educated decision on which dick you want to fuck for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, another pro to uh, sleeping a lot of, with a lot of people in your 20s is uh, you get all the bad sex out of the way, right? Like, people should treat their 20s like it's like the open mics of fucking. <laughs> you know, do it a lot, fail hard, do it in a sports bar, I don't fucking give a shit. Just like, just, just do it a lot, work on your techniques, find out your likes and dislikes, work on your stamina, that was a big one for me. Before my 20s, whew. All I needed was Jennifer Love Hewitt's smile to fucking violently come in my jinkos. Now, now I need a fucking belt around my neck and a finger in my ass just to get a half chub. Yeah, fucking in your 20s is important. I fucked a lot in my 20s. My wife fucked a lot in her 20s. And we're just better for it. A lot of guys, they won't, um, they won't uh, marry a girl who used to live it up in their 20s. And I never understood that, because I prefer that. I think, you know, the girl knows what she wants. I take it as a compliment, to be honest with you. Because, like, my, my wife and I, we did our lists together. We wrote down our lists a couple years ago. And from looking at it, you know, it's a, it's a decent number, above average for sure. And from lo- reading a, uh, some of the names on there, it's quite a diverse portfolio as well. Um, a pretty decent sample size of dick. Like, she's seen every genre, you know? <laughs> Like uh, alternative dick, uh, jam band dick, uh, hip hop dick. That's a popular one, it seems. <clears throat> but yeah, no. Despite all those, all those dicks, she chose she chose my dick. So suck on that hip hop. Uh, dicks are weird. Yeah, dicks are. We could all agree on that. Some segue there. <laughs> dicks are weird. Uh, I uh, I once uh, saw my dad's dick. Uh, I was ten, and uh, it was it was big. Uh, but in hindsight, I'm not sure if it was big because it was actually big or because I was so small. You know, because back in those days, you know, like when you're young, like everything just looks bigger. Like you're in second grade and the eighth graders looked like they were like 35 and like all were paying off their mortgage, you know? So it's like that, except instead of eighth graders, it's my dad's uncircumcised dung. Amen. Um, 
Yeah, and not to, you know, like single out people who are uh, uncircumcised, but there's just, I know it's the natural way that God created it, but it just looks so unnatural to me. You know, it, it's like a tit without a nipple. It's just all flesh, just like all shaft. And it, it, essentially, I think uncircumcised dicks look like someone took a regular dick and decapitated it. Let's end on that one. That's it. <laughs> all aboard, all aboard. Try not to decapitate oh, your dick, clap. bros. Is this not wow. open mic? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dan Aguinaga. So when you were talking about making the comparison to the sex being like open mics, yeah. you're like, don't complain about only getting three minutes. You know, that uh. way you, get do, <laughs> you get to do more sets in a night that way. Like, yeah. I know you want to be a headliner, but you got to work on you know, your type five. Yeah, those examples can definitely, like, I had a bunch of other ones, like, you could do four in a night, or, yeah, like, yeah. one of them's three minutes, who cares, yeah. I, I don't know if it means you should keep it, but I definitely can relate when you said you saw your dad's dick when you were young, like, oh my god, this shit is huge, <laughs> when you're a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit looks huge when you're little. I'm not gonna lie, I thought about that, like, a month ago, I was like, damn, I wonder. Anyway, um, the second part, I, I, I think I heard you do this bit, like, this past week, and I, you had a part in there, like, you know, out of all the ones that she chose. Mine. Yeah, I, I, I liked that you did have that because um, it's something I, I kind of wrote about similarly, but I took a different approach. But I liked the way that you did it because it felt like refreshing to kind of hear that. Take. The uh, that I'm glad that she chose mine. Right, like out of all those, like she chose mine. And how you, like, how you that. Okay. Well, on that that joke too, you just went through a bunch of genres. What genre is your dick? You're clearly like you're like indie pop or like synth pop or something like that. She's going so shoegazer, yeah. shoegazer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Odessa, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay, yeah. About the genre part, I didn't like the hip hop one. That didn't really fit with me. You should just say urban and just that. I feel like that's funny. But there's is urban a genre of music? No, I guess but it, it is. sounds. I mean, I would say try. Urban means black. I had jazz. Urban means black. Urban means black. Black in there. Yeah, but it's such a white term. For it, yeah, but urban's a nice like, way to say hip hop. Hip hop didn't feel right to me. Urban, it, it, urban is the way that we say when you it, go to it, it, do it, it, a room in South San Francisco, you go to Shooks and you go, "It's an urban room." Right. There's alternatives. Like that's the band, you say then, it's instead of saying it's a black room, you say urban. Yeah. But for music, you do that too. It's an it's yeah, urban. There's, there's music. urban contemporary. Yeah. yeah if you're white, if you're fair white. enough. Well, I should say like soul music or something or, like that. Yeah, reggae. I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Rap, reggae, reggae jazz, lots of reggae. Music. Well, the thing is, white people have just really and most, most genres of music so yeah. you're kind of yeah um, yeah what genre is your dick and then that was that was my other note and then oh um, most important part of uh, open micing is networking and building up that network right uh, and then the I don't know something that like that you meet, meet, meet a lot of different people and then you know, thinking they're good at first and then finding out how terrible they are later or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of parallels to be drawn there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's just an infinite number of open mic comparisons you can make. Any place that lets you do 20, you're by yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, bringing up notes. <laughs> that's really yeah, tough. That's yeah, get like You got to balance the set list on there. Yeah, Fuck, yeah, yeah. keep fucking... Close yeah. hard, yeah, exactly. That's great. That's that's fantastic. That's fucking really great. great, yeah. And uh, as far as the line for a decapitated dick, mm. I think you could take into account that if you remove the foreskin, it's like taking away the cap. You're like dick capitating. You could find a way to make that a two or three level. You're the layer pun guy, I guess. Yeah. Pun. All right. Um, and also, I like the idea of reformed slut. I think it's 
a good idea in the sense that we want to be able to move on and forget what our partner's done in the past. But you could take that more literally and say that she was a reformed slut. She was really hot. She fucked a lot of guys. She got fat. She fucked less guys. She reformed herself to get hot again. She fucked some more. Like, I think that there's a good continuity you could build in there. But really strong set. Oh, because misogyny is really the root of all. Humor. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was gonna say she, she never went through that phase, but I'll take that into consideration. Because yeah. no one will fuck you unless you're skinny and pretty. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. really important. Yeah, uh, and she did. She to, got. The, to, I got the okay on the on the set, by the way, from the wife. If anyone. All right, hey, wifey likes it. Yeah, wifey likes it. Uh, we like it too. Go see him during the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Thanks, Clap your hands together for Dan Aguinaga. Your next comedian, he's a soccer coach. He has kids. Oh, I remember. I remember. He's wearing a Golden State Warriors cap. That makes him wicked cool. Put your hands together for Ray Khan. What's happening, guys? Uh, now that the other guy left, I'm the resident Pakistani. So here we go. There are only two allowed in the room. One allowed in the room. He had a bounce before my set. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Um, hey, I'm a native San Franciscan. Besides me being Pakistani, I was born and raised. Anybody else here born and raised in San Francisco? No? No one? I'm it? That's it? Awesome. Great. Uh, listen, um, my friends from the uh, East Coast, they call me all the time. They're like, hey, Ray, man, how do you do it? Like, how do you... How do you live in San Francisco? Aren't you afraid of earthquakes? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid of earthquakes, man. Quite the contrary, man. I've become like an earthquake, like a earthquake snob, really, like an like an unbearable wine critic when it comes to earthquakes, like a like a seismic sommelier, man. You know, it's just like even with the smallest of tremors, I'm like, ooh, well that was a quaint regional blend. Oh, a 3.5 on the Richter scale, if you ask me. I'm even pronouncing Richter scale like a total douchebag, right? So, so, uh, so you know. Uh, uh, oh, fuck, where am I? Oh, uh, however, I, uh, with respect to earthquakes, I simply prefer a nice full-body earthy, earthy blend from the Hayward Fault. Mm, did you try the 1985, 1989 Loma Prieta? It's pronounced Loma Prieta, okay? I'm a total unstoppable dick. I remember it starting out strong with bold Oakland notes and ending with a fine Petaluma finish. Oh, it had fantastic legs on those aftershocks. Trust me, a classic vintage, and I didn't wake up with a headache. Hand to God, hand to God. Uh, as um, as uh, as uh, Pam was saying, I'm a terrible coach. I'm a soccer coach. I'm not good at it. I uh, I coach fourth grade soccer, and a lot of times, you know, the kids will come up to me. You know, I'm too old and I have too much perspective. That's the main problem. And a lot of times the kids will come up to me and be like, hey, coach, 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 are we winning? With that sing-song, beautiful voice and that little angel face. And I'm like, I don't know. Let me check. Are we winning? Are you an American white boy? Yeah. Yeah, goal. We're winning. Yeah. And are you, are you living in a patriarchal society where all your whims will be taken care of? Goal. We're winning. Yeah. Yeah, Cody, we're winning. And guess what? Were my family three generations ago drinking rainwater from a rainwater from a puddle in Pakistan? Yes, we're winning. Now go ahead and tighten up your cleats and call heads or tails. 
All right, I'm getting older. I'm getting a little older, and you know, I'm feeling older, which is which is the main problem. Um, my uh, uh, the problem is net lately is I've been getting uh, I've been getting an erection, and it's been it's been softer and softer every year. You guys, I'm sorry. Uh, when I was younger, it used to be like forged steel, like just hard as a rock. Uh, but nowadays, it's just like a forged signature. You know, short, squiggly, and completely unconvincing. My. F- <laughs> My wife is so unconvinced and treats my erection like, a, like he's trying to pass a counterfeit bill. She's holding up to the light, checking for blue and red threads, moving my scrotum from side to side, checking from the watermark. All I want to do is forge ahead, you guys. Just have sex with me. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. This is California. Man to the Break on! So the one thing you have to learn is that when people are laughing, you have to let the laugh happen because you've okay. actually got an applause break from us in the back oh. and you didn't let that happen. And you could have like, you're still, now it's four minutes right now. So got you it. didn't even take all your time. Got it. Like recognize when your audience is enjoying what you're doing and let them enjoy that. It's so unfamiliar with for me. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but like there was... The whole, we were clapping so hard uh-huh. at one point that I didn't hear the tags after. Oh, okay. So you have to like get, when you say something hella funny about your yeah. dick, yeah. you got to let us laugh. Got it. Okay. I'll let you laugh. Uh, I say that the earthquake bit's funny. Um, I like, I, I also like earthquakes just cause it's the only thing that we can count on the lower property values in the Bay Area, so. That's very smart joke. Yeah, as something about that might be fun, just because it's literally the only danger of living here, uh, besides like fires apparently, but not in San Francisco. Like the only thing that's in danger in San Francisco is living on like a soft soil (laughs) and when a six and above hits. Like that's the only thing to worry about here. and then uh, your dick, uh, the comparison. <laughs> it was a fun, that was a great line, uh, obviously. And the, 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 the bit that followed after about bit being like being inspected like a counterfeit bill was good too. Uh, Thanks. You say, much like a counterfeit bill, uh, there's lots of cocaine and fecal remnants. Ah! Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on my dick. So, right on. I don't know if that's too obscure of a reference to like, but I feel like most people know that like, you know, Bills t- typically are like dirty and have like cocaine and poop. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> sure. That's it. No, Thanks. Right. Thanks, man. Charlie's yeah, that's, all right. So I thought that your earthquake material was very moving. <laughs> Brutal. I thought it was, I thought I was going to be shaken by it, but I wasn't. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, but no, you did a fantastic job with that. I would just add in, I really like the over-the-top stuff. So uh, when you mispronounce Richter, I think you could really go with the hardcore, old-school vaudevillian comedy line of, Richter, I hardly know her. Like, you just go with something super about baseball and over-the-top about that. Um, also, if you do mention the being a soccer coach, yeah, uh, you can mention how uh, people don't ever think that I'm going to touch their kids inappropriately because it's soccer. I can't use my hands. <laughs> I'm not gonna put my foot in a little vagina. That's just me. Please, you know. that's just wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, fantastic set. Very well done. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah. Clap thanks. your hands wildly, everybody. Break on. I left you alone because I was not really sure if you was ready for this. Yay. 
uh, he also was a generous man, and he gave us a two-pound box of Godiva chocolates once, and we haven't forgotten it. That was delicious. Your next comedian, we're moving around with the list because he's got somewhere to go, and it's his first time here, so we're treating him all special. Um, everybody put your hands together for Stephen Asifo. I'll be smoking kush all day. I'll be smoking kush all day. That's not true, Pam. Uh, I've been here before. Pam is actually just putting me up a little bit earlier because it's Black History Month and she doesn't want to feel bad. So, you know, that's how we're solving that. But, but outside of Black History Month, it's also basketball season. And I love basketball season, not because of the sports, really. I like it because of the sponsorships. So, you know, a lot of the athletes are sponsored by things that sometimes don't always align, but I like the way they make that shit work. I love that shit. For example, LeBron is sponsored by Sprite. You know, and nothing about me really says that, you know, he's drinking carbonated drinks. He's a mythical beast. He probably drinks, like, whey protein all the time. <laughs> then you have Blake Griffin, who's sponsored by Kia. And that one strikes me as odd. Blake Griffin is 6'8". <laughs> he makes $30 million a year. Nothing about him screams economic and fuel efficient. You, you get what I'm saying here? Like, I don't... You get it, you know. Uh, and then, but my favorite, my absolute favorite is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is sponsored by chocolate fucking milk. <laughs> chocolate milk, man. Chocolate milk. A whole ass food group. I love that shit, dude. And, and I was trying to think, man, everyone else on his team is sponsored by Gatorade. You have Nike. But someone in Clay's office, Clay Thompson's agent, picked up the phone and said, Clay, we got chocolate milk on the line. They want to do a five-year deal. I know everyone, everyone's going sports drinks. Dairy's the next wave. Dairy is the next wave. You know, I, I, think, I, think, I think chocolate milk is a safe bet. Only because it, this is during an age where you can say, you know, just anything or do the wrong thing, and everyone loses all their sponsorship. You can lose everything. You know, the brand will come out and make a statement about you. Then I had thought, what would Clay Thompson have to do to lose a chocolate milk sponsorship. What would he have to do? I thought, right? To make chocolate milk come out during a press conference and say, it's with great regret <laughs> that we must part ways with Golden State Warriors Clay Thompson after finding out this week that he's a covert cow tipper. <laughs> this does not align with our values and we will be stepping back for the remainder of the season. Right. That's how I imagine that one would go. I, I think it's I think it's cool to be sponsored by a, by a food group. Uh, I, if I could choose one to be sponsored by, I would choose grains. The base of the food pyramid, like the heart of that shit, specifically quinoa, quinoa. That sounds sophisticated. Um, at first, I couldn't spell it. I'll be honest. I tried to spell it like kiwi um, and I was like, this is not right. Um, but I but I feel like quinoa is a is a good way to go. It would allow me to. Like, if I had quinoa, it would put me in a lot of good situations. Like, for example, the kosher community would love me. They'd say, oh, my God, is that the brand ambassador for quinoa? I'd be like, oh, shit, they noticed me. Right? And then I'd be like, then they'd say, hey, look, please, can you come to the VIP section of our kosher event? I'd say, certainly, the quinoa community supports you as well. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's about appropriate there. Um, so... On, on, on an on a unrelated note, I, I was asked another question uh, when I was doing a mic 
uh, this past week, they, they saw my last name. It's a Sifo. It's Ghanaian. And they said, hey, Stephen, you're you're African, but, you know, you talk a lot about, like, you know, Black History Month and stuff like that. Like, do you identify as black? Do you celebrate Black History Month if you're if you're African? Right. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, do I identify, you know, and, and it's and it's interesting because, yes, they were, um, if you were wondering. And um, two, I've never had anyone ask if I identify, you know, because because that's not really how America works. America isn't really what you identify as. It's what other people can label you as, you know, like, for example, if I could choose what I wanted to label myself as Rachel Dolezal would still be a trans, a, a proud black woman, as opposed to a transracial outcast. Um, but imagine if I could switch between being African and black, and you know people would treat me different. You know I could be pulled over by the cops. This is my last one. I could be pulled over by the cops, right? They would look at my ID and they say, "So are you black or are you African?" Sir, I am on my way home to the village. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much. No, I do. Every time, whenever anybody says, like, should I double down, like, I, anybody who's Indian, I always say, if you can do an Indian accent, do it. If you can do the whole Nigerian, that whole thing. I'd mention Kunta Kinte, too. Like, why not? Like, get into it. Like, get deep. Um, I think the cow tipper, I think there's funnier than cow tipper. I think that you're right on with that joke, and I think that you're right in the right direction. There's got to be something funnier than cow tipper. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Hindu? I, I don't know. But, like, uh, all of that was very funny. I mean, I was I was very much enjoying your point of view. I love that you brought up Rachel Dole's all again. I love that you did that because it's been so long and everyone forgot that the white lady was like, being black is better. Or I can get, I mean, it, the, the anti, it's like reverse gentrification. Like, I can get something out of being, that's the wrong word to say, too. It's like, anyways, I enjoyed your set very much. I laughed out loud many times. Other people. Um, the sponsorship spit has some legs. Uh, I do think it's funny that the lightest, lightest skinned black dude in the NBA is sponsored by chocolate milk. Uh, there's possibly something to go with there, and the funny thing is that you were saying like, what would he have to do to get to get to, for chocolate milk to lose him? I was thought like, yeah, because if he gets busted for weed, they'll probably sponsor him even more, right? Like, uh, and a, just a, just a fun side note: chocolate milk actually is a great recovery drink for workouts, so that's why it's sponsored by some athletes. Uh, just an FYI, and just that last bit about. Like, you know, identity and, uh, like, people labeling you in America. That's great. That's a great launching point, and you clearly have a lot to talk about there. Um, it was just – it was kind of unclear what you were saying at first. Like, you were just – I don't know if you were just, like, unsure what your wording is, but at first it, you were like, I just wasn't sure what you were saying to start. And then once you got into it, it was like, okay, I get what he's talking about. But it, it just felt like you spent a lot of time saying things that didn't really lend itself to the jokes that came later. And so you could probably clean up that. Uh, just figure out what the wording is and get make it concise so you can move on to the good parts, which are which are good. Which are good. I don't I don't hear it a lot, actually, you know. It's just it's just unusual to hear it. It's like, oh, yeah, here? It's great. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not a lot. So you know, I think only I've heard it maybe once or twice through Trevor Noah or whatever. Uh, and the other thing is, um, maybe uh, the soy milk people as far as maybe Clay got caught drinking soy milk or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they're the competitors of any kind of milk product, right? 
Enough, leave. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think you have a great callback at the end when you ask what you identify as, as saying me. I identify as chocolate milk, baby. Like that would be. Oh yeah, you. It'd be smooth. a very refreshing way to get that to go down. It's high in calcium. Smooth, it's a really good callback. creamy. You like. Oh, you are your chocolate. Yeah, if milk, you identify right? as chocolate milk, that could be perfect. I think that's a really you, nice. The, all the white way people love you. Your chocolate milk. You go down smooth and creamy. You got things to say. You're political a little bit. Your chocolate milk, baby. And then also the part about uh, Blake Griffin being a six foot eight black man, yeah. and you insinuate that the key is a very small Asian automobile. <laughs> you should just say that you know small Asian automobiles should be reserved for well, it's like me, chubby white guys that will just let them inside no matter what. What if, what if I say gerbils? Would that work? Gerbils works too because the okay. key adds too. Yeah, yeah that works. Okay, thank you. Gerbils work on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> or if there's an Armenian car that was big and white, you could draw a Kardashian comparison. I don't know if Armenia makes cars, but I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't think they do anything. No, they don't. No, not since the genocide. No, they only Armenia only makes. Um, they claim that they make baklava. They 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 swear that they started baklava, and every fucking group of people's like we started baklava. I'm like, which one? Everybody clap wildly for Steven. Sorry about that. I got really high, and now I'm really high. So that's how that's going to go from now on here at the Joke Workshop. I am very high now, and your next comedian, your next comedian is very funny. He is. Thank you for being here. Um, your next comedian, he is the punniest pun master of all pun. There is nobody in, I'm going to say California. I'm going to say, if you're in California and you think you know puns, you come up against this next man and you tell, and we'll have a contest here at Mutiny Radio and you're going to go down because your next comedian is the punniest of pun master and he's so, so funny and he's hosting a show at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival called uh, Karaoke Song and Set. So the, all the comedians are going to do a karaoke song, including him, and they can monologue through the whole thing i don't give a fuck and then they're gonna do a set of comedy you're gonna love him right now everybody put your hands together for charlie spink that's right i am the pun champ the pun defeated champ yeah. i'm pun derated what can i say i will take on anybody in the people's republic of california there we go you can buy those hats at gas stations you really can but I'm not in comedy for the superstars, not for Hollywood. I'm in it for the little people. And by that, of course, I mean midgets. <laughs> my goal in stand-up comedy is just start other acts. And my favorite idea currently is I'd like to start a tribute act of midgets to the late, great Tupac Shakur. <laughs> yes. They're going to be called smallpox. Smallpox are going to be great. We're going to have a blanket marketing scheme. Oh. <laughs> it's going to kill on the reservations. Oh. <laughs> it is. Just wipe myself free of that with some teepee. Teepee. That's for the natives. You're very welcome. Genocide's in the news. What else is in the news? What's topical? Scott Peterson, right? He's... We know who he is. Fun question for Radio Land. Hey, Radio Land. What was Scott Peterson's favorite sport? Wife water rafting. Oh. Yes. 
That joke killed. Two people, two people she was expecting. And you weren't expecting that. I don't think you were. So yeah, that one did pretty well. Big fan. Uh, the Bay Area, we got a lot of the gays going on here. A lot of the gays in San Francisco. And I feel like our acceptance of gay culture has found its way onto our culinary menus. Because today for lunch, I had an LGBLT sandwich. Yeah, you did. I did. It's a sandwich that identifies as a salad. <laughs> I had to take a shit later. I didn't know which bathroom to go into. I didn't know how it should identify. Yeah, so it's a little peek into the personal life. This has happened to you guys. My wife makes me buy tampons. Does my wife make you guys buy tampons? Probably not. I don't know why I asked. That's a ridiculous question. It really is. But, you know, I really play up the machismo when she asks me to do that. I say, babe, tampons are for pussies. And then she holds up a mirror to my face and I go to the store and buy all of them. That's what I am. I am a pussy. Ah, that joke's a bloody shame. It really is, but I'm trying to cycle it in. I'm trying to cycle it. I can only use it a couple days a month. You get very hormonal on that. Speaking of death, uh, this is a fun one. So a kid I knew from high school, who's now an adult or was an adult, passed away at the end of last year in a skydiving accident. It's really happened. And it bummed me the fuck out because... I always thought he was so down to earth. You guys feel the gravity of that situation? I just, that one just went splat. I'm sorry, that did not do as well. What are things that comics do, uh, joke about? Online dating, that's a thing. That's a thing people tell the jokes about. So uh, before I met my wife, I was big into a website for overweight people of faith called ChristianPringle.com. That's kind of a salty response, okay? I shouldn't have popped that one. I should have just stopped. Killing it. So let me see. Something uplifting to end on. Oh, here. Here you go, guys. This is a fun one for the pranksters out there. Any of you aspiring Ashton Kutcher punked wannabes. This is a fun trick, especially with the Me Too movement. You go to a hospital and you locate the rape kits. And you fuck them. You do. You, you rape the rape kits. It's hilarious because that comes back whenever those DAs investigate who did all of the rape. You. See, I feel like that was a great rape joke because you guys didn't want to hear it. I forced it on you. And lack of consent is what makes any rape joke fantastic. I've been Charlie Spink. You've been Mutiny. Oh, Charlie Spink. Charlie Spink. Oh. I laughed hysterically at everything. I think you're a genius. I love your wordplay. You you think things out harder. You work harder as a comic than I've ever even tried to be. Like you do stuff with wordplay that I like. I just can't even. Like it, it's great stuff. I I I, no, I don't work as hard as I don't write as hard as you do. Like the concept that you come up with all of this weird, and they all connect together through the words the linguistics the etymology whatever it's great i mean you. you're i know like people go oh like puns are hack they're not it just means that you're smarter than everybody else and they just don't want to put the work in and so i'm giving you the props saying 
Dude, you're putting the fucking work in. You're so smart. It's Thank so you, great. Okay, other people. I don't. I because I could suck his dick. All. I mean, I'm not going to because he's married. And I wouldn't. <laughs> There's a window. I actually away. don't it's... suck dick. I don't believe in sucking dick. I feel like, <laughs> oh, that's not a thing I do because usually the penis smells funny and it's like weird and gamey. But like, I love your jokes. Okay, other people. Uh, yeah, I uh, just wanted to say, hey, I love puns, and I actually did get the Pringle bit. It was just super <laughs> delayed for me. I too. I'm also pretty stoned, so <laughs> apologize. It was apolog- delayed. It yeah. was the Lay's chips that delayed it. Yeah. Uh, well, oh! Delays it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had to say. Thank you. I, I, I thought you were genius. Who, other people, that's the Everyone best microphone. The, right. use, we keep using that, the one that Vanessa has used that microphone, because that's the best one. That's the, that's if anyone wants one. to give, that's the best one to give comments into just for loudness. Does anyone want to give comments? That one's gal. Yeah, turn that one up. Oh yeah. Hey, can you hear me? That's Alex. What? I can hear you now. When I watch you, it makes me rethink: Should I be doing comedy? <laughs> so that's a that's a compliment. No, that's a compliment. It makes me better. You're a savage. Keep going. Don't let the wife stop you or the kids. <laughs> hey, fucking man. Amen. Hey, everybody, clap your hands together for Charlie Spink. Come see him at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Again, he's hosting the karaoke song and set. There's a, hey, and if you're a comedian and you're like, oh boy, I want to go to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Fest, but I can't give Pam $10, that's okay. If you come to a show, especially the early ones or the late ones, and I'll let you in for free as long as you promise to take like at least five pictures and post them to your Instagram and tag us. I'll let you in for free. Like, fucking thank you for... We only have 803 followers on Mutiny Radio SF on Instagram. Because, like, dude, I still belong to MySpace. Like, I'm so confused and old. Like, I didn't know that Facebook was dying. And everyone's like, Instagram's a thing. And I'm like, why does my friend's dog have 4,000 followers and we only have 900? It's a Pomeranian. I have literal content as does your next comedian. He's so funny and so amazing. And I guess he had a big weekend and I sort of pushed him off and told him like, I'm sorry, dude, I had a nervous breakdown this week. So when you sent your, (laughs) when you sent your email to me, I was like in the middle of my nervous breakdown. And I was like, I love this guy, but fuck this guy. But I love you. And the, the website's back up and I hope you had a great weekend and killed everything. I hope you were at the setup. I don't know where you were. You guys are going to love him right now. It's Peter Ballmer. Yay! Hey, thank you. Thanks, baby. I got your message. I'm like, all right, yeah, I don't need the set. She's got some stuff. Hope that it worked out. Uh, Guys, anybody anybody here like video games? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I don't know. I think video games have gotten too realistic uh, because I used to like video games back when they were like light and cartoony and fun. Back when the experience of playing a video game, like the most violent thing that could possibly happen would be your character would be like struck by a turtle shell. <laughs> and he wouldn't even like look injured though. He would just be like, Mamma mia! Oh! And then he'd start the level over, right? And that was as, as real as it got. And now I think video games have gotten too realistic because I played Red Dead Redemption 2 for the first time recently. It's a new video game. And I sat down, I played for one hour, and now I know how it feels to kill a man. <laughs> Just sitting there on my couch, stone covered in Cheez-Its, getting PTSD. It's fucking terrible. 
and that's not something that should be able to be happen, right? Like, I, uh, video game characters have family members now. Do you guys know they added that? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I, I was I was playing Red Dead, and I killed a guy, and he was a bad guy, so he had it coming. But like, I killed the guy, and he died, and then uh, his child walked out, and saw what I had done, and started crying. What the fuck? Why did you? Why did they need to do that? They had to build that. Somebody was like, all right, well, the game's pretty much done. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need to make our players sad. Get back at it, Arjun. We're not done here. I don't know. Uh, I just think, like, I, I don't think that was something that people were asking for. I don't think there was a focus group where they were, like, talking to some guy. And he was like, yeah, you know, I think Call of Duty, that was a pretty fun game. But it would be better if there were more broken families. <laughs> not something they needed to add. Uh, I like going to McDonald's. Got some McDonald's fans in here. No, Pam, definitely not. I'm getting a bad face. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm only up here for a couple minutes. Uh, all right, McDonald's. I do think it's strange, though. I think that uh, I think it's really weird that uh, Ronald McDonald was friends with the Hamburglar. Seems like of all the options he had for friend, that was like the worst possible one. All right, not everyone knows what I'm talking about. Uh, let's do a quick history lesson, real quick. All right, so. Back in 1971, the McDonald's Corporation did a little market research, and they found out that a lot of people found their mascot, Ronald, the red and yellow clown, whose passions include processed meat and hanging out with children. They thought he was a little bit creepy, right? <laughs> and so what did they do? How did they fix that? They're like, oh, we'll show him hanging out with some friends. We'll show him playing with friends. Then the people won't think he's creepy anymore. So they're like, okay, who should his friends be? And... Um, First guy they came up with was a man by the name of the Hamburglar, whose entire identity is just that he likes stealing hamburgers. So it seems like a bad choice to have in a corporation. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's possible he's just a misunderstood guy. You know, maybe you talk to him and he's like, hey, you know, the Hamburglar, that's actually just kind of a crazy nickname from college. And uh, <laughs> my real name's Hampton, and uh, I like jazz, and I uh, like restoring an 82 Camaro, and I'm actually vegan these days. So... <laughs> Pretty silly. Uh, or, or he actually is the devious rascal who likes stealing hamburgers that we thought he was. And that makes it really fucked up uh, with who the second friend of McDonald's was. Uh, do you know who the second friend? Uh, it makes a noise if you know who Mayor McCheese is. Ma he was in there too. Mayor McCheese is first. Okay, well, I don't know. Okay, so Mayor McCheese is another one of Ronald McDonald's friends. And if, you're, if you don't know who that is, the important thing you got to know about Mayor McCheese is that his head is a cheeseburger. So bringing in the Hamburglar is a very direct threat. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. I feel like it must have been, you know, Mayor McCheese, he was doing his best. He was making some policies that Ronald didn't agree with. And so Ronald just brought this guy in as a way of being like, hey, don't forget what the M stands for, motherfucker. All right, that's all I want to do. Thanks, guys. I'm so sorry I threw you off. I'm so sorry because you were you were so you're a genius, and I wrote all these lovely things down about you. I wrote down like Thank you. all your materialist killer, Thomas the Train. I wrote all you need is you have to. I mean, we're all comics here, and we're like dick bags. But like, if you did that exact set tonight, it's really an eight minute set. If you slowed down and had confidence, because you're so funny, and everything you're writing is really original and I even wrote you're a genius oh, and I no. wrote down I wrote all these nice things um I wrote down uh, don't sad why donate to 
something. I muni wanted radio? you to donate to. I wanted you to not to muni radio. I, there was something Just funny about donating. I wrote down sad why question mark with like an arrow and it says donate to different something. Anyways, I don't remember what your set was about at this point, but I loved the whole thing. And I just wish you would have mentioned Grimmett. No, I wrote all these notes because I was like, this is so great. It was all happy times. I was like, he's so great. He's fucking murdering it right now. Like, yay. Some very nice notes. I appreciate that. I love you too, also because you um, don't have like this. You don't, you 